You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken. You're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we have a great and exciting show for you today. My friend Jeffrey McGee who is here. I've known him for years. He's a leadership strategist. We're going to talk about how that applies to customer service and experience and how you can lead your team to an even higher level uh, as far as that goes. So before we start, a couple of quick announcements. If you have a story of amazing customer service that you'd like to share or a question you'd like me to answer, you can send those to any of the social media channels. And I'm on all of them, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, even TikTok. I don't know, what the heck is TikTok? I'm learning. I'm learning. I've been playing with it for about six months now. We're starting to post content. If it's a question, be sure to use the hashtag Ask Shep, and I will answer the question either right there on the social channel. I may answer it on this show, or I may answer it on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home, and that can be found on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, and uh, you can actually go to beamazing.tv and watch some of the episodes there. So, with that in mind, let's dive into the interview. Jeffrey, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. And it's great to be with you again. And you're right. It has been a long time. We've been playing, uh, crossing the paths across the globe. Now, now you're, you're living in Las Vegas now. And the National Speakers Association meeting is in Las Vegas. Are you still active? Yes, I am. I uh, am the immediate past president of the, the uh, NSA Las Vegas chapter two years back. Uh, we grew it and I leaned in on all of our uh, elder members, the uh, CSPs and CPAEs. I had all of them involved in my board and in executive roles. We had a phenomenal year. Great. And by the way, CSP is Certified Speaking Professional. The CPAEs, that is a fancy designation for basically the Hall of Fame of professional speaking. Um, well, doctor, you're a doctor now, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Jerry McGee is the author of more than 30 books. And you're also uh, doing so much more. You have four bestsellers and uh, you have the, you're the public. Oh, I love your magazine. You're still doing the magazine. Absolutely. Performance P360 magazine. This, and how do you get that magazine? You can get it several ways. One, professionalperformancemagazine.com. You can go to that site and get a free digital subscription. You can uh, subscribe and get hard print edition and uh, or go to jeffreymcgee.com and again on the navigational bar you can stumble into performance magazine there as well so two locations all right so let's jump into it uh you are a leadership strategist and we're going to be talking about customer service and experience and one of the talking points that you shared with us in our pre-work is how to stress test the business in good times and bad so that your business is able to provide a great experience to clients in bad times. And I would say, you know, I don't know if last year would be considered a bad time for some, it might be, but it doesn't matter if it's an economic downturn, if it's competitive issues, um, if it's a pandemic, let's, let's start there. How about we could talk for hours just on that topic? Yeah, it's very interesting. Again, whenever you tackle the topic of customer service, some people immediately compartmentalize who owns that and who doesn't. You know, over 20 years ago, I wrote a book with the then director of customer loyalty for Thrifty Dollar Rent-A-Car Corporation. We wrote a book called Beyond Wow. That book 20 years ago was, was a massive hit book, and it was just focused on the customer service experience owned by actually everyone within the organization. You are a brand ambassador, whether you are sweeping the floor, answering the phone, engaging the, you know, the external customer, internal customer. So it goes across the board. And you're right, in the last 24 months, uh, as, as we're recording this, we're in or coming out of, however you want to phrase it, this pan global pandemic, 
it really has given people a lot of opportunity to focus in on what does customer service mean and how do you immediately drill that down to the bottom financial line. Living here in Las Vegas, again, our governor closed the state like lots of states, and that's a whole other conversation. The but in that sentence, though, Chef, is interesting. So I live in a penthouse unit on the, uh, in one of the high rises on the Las Vegas Strip. And if you take the 10 high-rise condos on the Las Vegas Strip, so for our viewers and listeners, if they've ever been to Vegas, they have a visualization in their head. There's thousands of people that live in those vertical homes. If you took them and smashed them down horizontally, that'd be a suburb in America. But what's interesting is 85% of the restaurants on the Las Vegas Strip were closed and are for the most part still closed, even it's a half year now since the, the Strip started to reopen up. And no one understands customer service, which is why they're all closed. They were looking at their business as a pedestrian traffic, millions of people coming down the street. Someone by default is going to fall through the front door. They were celebrity chef driven restaurants, which are great, but they don't understand the business side because they could have instantly changed their trajectory or pivot into order online, delivery, Uber Eats, drive up, pick up food. And some of those restaurants would have made more money in 2020 than they did in 2019. So customer service, no one understands that side. Yep. And actually, uh, I love it. You used the word pivot. I'm not a fan of that word. I, I accept it. I started using it at the beginning. But what happens when you pivot? You turn your back on something. Bingo. I like That's to call it flexibility. From my book, Your Trajectory Code, it's about what trajectory you're on and how do you make those calibrations. I love that. And by the way, I love your, your rapid fire staccato uh, ability to communicate really important points. Great story. So let's talk about this restaurant and use that. And I want to use it as an example. I don't care if you're B2C, business to consumer, or B2B, business to business. I think everybody can identify with what a restaurant is. You've already talked about a few ideas. My daughter works for a restaurateur up in New York, very famous chef, Danielle Baloud. He has uh, restaurants all over the world. And, you know, he, he started, he said, what are we going to do? We need to keep everybody employed. He did his best to do what he could. He needed to make sure he kept feeding the poor, which is one of the things he was involved in. He did all kinds of things from carry out. Can you imagine going to a Michelin rated restaurant, calling them and say, I'd like to place a to-go order. Okay. Change of mindset. But guess what he did? He did it. People would drive up in the Rolls Royces and Bentleys to pick up <laughs> chauffeur driven. And they'd say, I'm here to get my order. And they'd bring it out to the car. They would eat it in their car, honk the horn so that when they were done, somebody could come out and take their food away. And it wasn't that they were like a drive in or drive up, you know, old hamburger stand or something. Everyone's willing to adjust when they need to. But see, a lot of times people don't think about those other market opportunities in good times or in bad times. I love the story, exactly way of looking at it. Yep, my daughter came up with an idea. Why don't we do an online cooking show and charge for it? And he goes, well, that's crazy. Who's gonna pay for that? Well, you know who paid for it? Enough people to make a really damn good week at a restaurant and they didn't serve a lick of food in the process. And uh, so guess what? He did it for six weeks straight. I mean, Brilliant. this is the kind of thinking you have to do. I have a friend in the restaurant business here in St. Louis. And he said, they shut me down, but the grocery stores are allowed to stay open. He's a, a lunchtime sandwich shop, right? They, they're open in the morning for breakfast and they're open primarily for lunch. So you know what he did? He goes, I'm not going to sell sandwiches. I'll just sell the ingredients to make the sandwich. Now he's a grocery store <laughs> and he stayed open. <laughs> Lots of great success stories. When, you have, you know, when you're pushed to innovate, you can find phenomenal success pathways. The challenge is in good times and in great times, we should still be innovating to look at that. You know, if we use this restaurant example for, you know, for, for a conversation, again, when you think about customer service, everyone can touch that. And so if everyone has skin in the game, 
then everyone's going to be more proactive and think like a business person. So for example, let's say chef, you know, you have the restaurant and we're, we're tight on our money. Well, you're probably going to have business cards. So if I'm a waiter, the buster, the hostess, a chef, you know, I'm not going to have business cards, but wait a second, you could take your business cards. And so, okay, each one of you guys grab a stack of cards, as many as you want on the back, print your name. And then let's just come up with it with a coupon, you know, two for one. So if you buy one meal, you get the second one, a half price or something. You guys take this out and physically hand this to people, put it on your social media and send it viral if you want. Then whenever anyone comes in to redeem, we'll put their, that coupon with your name on it, back of my business card, basically. So it's cost us nothing at this point. We're getting business to come in the door. We'll put those cards in the back in the kitchen in a jar. At the end of each shift, we'll just draw one out and that person gets a $20 bill. I mean, that's, that's equal to two turns of a table at a normal restaurant of a tip a nice restaurant maybe that's not much but again in the you know it gets everyone to think about how to do business no one does right. that you know uh, you know uh, bobby flake you know friend of mine and, and chef you know again here in vegas his very restaurant, famous he, chef bobby flake on tv on the tv i mean so so i you know i go over to mesa grill several times a week i mean it's a sad story here to the point that in essence they had my favorite table you know i'm walking around the gaming floor and i look in the window it's all white linen cloth and everything and if you're not watching you know, my favorite color is black. So it's amazing. By the time I walked around the corner, the hostess sees me, walks me straight to my table. Everything's already been turned to black. The tablecloths, the napkins, everything. That's you know, a personalized experience. Bingo. And so yep. it gives me a reason to go back there versus going somewhere else. I mean, I leave a phenomenal tip because I get phenomenal service. So now everyone's fighting over my table. But if you dissect that story, I'm compelled to do more for them because they're compelled to do more for me. And all of that had nothing to do with leadership at the top, except... The leadership at the top has to set the tone so everyone knows to do that. Go the extra step. And in business, he or she who goes the extra step always wins. And so everyone has to get in the game on that customer service story. Right. So you mentioned something, a couple of things that are very important. Number one, we may not get to it before the break, but I want to talk about the personalization of service. When it's all white linen, but they know your favorite color is black and you wear you know, I'm looking at you. A lot of people are just listening to the show, but you're wearing a black jacket, black shirt, and uh, that's what you like to do. And by the way, I love it. It's like the, the, I travel in black because black is so easy and comfortable and, you know, Bingo. et cetera, et cetera. But they see you, they know that. And what do they do? They change the tablecloth color. They change the napkin color because they can. They've been empowered to do so. And to your point, leadership empowered them to do that. But here's what they did. They personalized the experience. They gave you the cheers factor where everybody you knows your name. They recognize when you walk in. They made the adjustments. They made the changes. All right. But back to leadership. And I want you to sum this up before you take the break. You said it starts at the top. How does a leader push down that message to empower people and give them the right to do that? They have to show up. So let's use this restaurant. So JP is the, uh, the, the, the general manager that runs that restaurant for years and years, putting him into the story as an example. So he, in essence, has a phenomenal team. Can he go back in there and cook? Yes. Does he? Probably not. Maybe he does. He can make a drink. Does he have a team to do that? Yes. Does he make a drink once in a while? Probably not. Maybe he does. Can he deliver the drinks to your table? Can he check on your food? Can he get you something extra? Yeah, he knows how to do it. Does he do it? Maybe, maybe not. Now, the maybe, maybe not, though, if you dial that back, yes, I've sat at that table and I've seen him delivering drinks. That's not necessarily his job. But if it's the leaders willing and able and capable to jump in anywhere to help out to make success happen, everyone else on the team sees it. It creates the culture and energy. We have shared values. And now everyone makes it a positive experience. No one has an attitude if it's not my job. And everyone is all over you without being in essence a stalker but they're all over you to have a great customer experience 
I love it. Love it. And and I think that what we call that is stooping to excellence. Walt Disney would walk into a theme park back when he was alive, see a piece of paper, stoop down, pick it up, throw it away. And his comment was, if I don't do it, no one else is going to do it. I got to show it at the top. So you've got to be the role model, the leader, so to speak. You've got a new book coming out, Your Trajectory Code. Absolutely. John Wiley. And there it is right there. It's the only personal success book I've ever written. It shares with people what I've learned in business for 30 plus years, working with my clients. And in the last 24 months, as an example, my clients range from 200 million to 6 billion. Every one of them for the past 24 months have had their best months and years, one company, best year 2020 in 50 years. All of them have been in Thrive Mode using these same concepts that's in trajectory code. I love it. I love it. And you can get that where books are sold, like Amazon. When did it come out or is it out yet? It is out. It came out two years ago and I'm just doing a re push on it because I've realized the concepts are probably more valid today when people have been pushed uh, in the past year of the pandemic to reevaluate their priorities, their values, their goals, um, how they want to look at what they're doing professionally, how organizations have been pushed to reinvent themselves and accelerate into the areas of success. We're talking about customer service, how customers are being engaged, grown, developed, and attracted away from even competition, uh, and how leaders create environments for people to basically show the best of them and be successful. Love it. The book is again titled Your Trajectory Code. The author is Dr. Jeffrey McGee, and we are coming right back to talk more about leadership, customer experience. I do want to touch on personalization, which is what you loved about uh, Mesa Grill. And you know what? So many other things. I want to identify market opportunities that competitors miss because I know I've listened to you. You you don't realize this. Uh, Going to the National Speakers Association, I have, when I get to listen to Dr. Jeffrey McGee speak, when he's doing a breakout session, a general session, I make sure I'm there with a pad of paper to take a lot of notes. And I always get it because basically in the last 13 minutes, you and I have done a 30 minute program based on the speed and cadence of your words (laughs) per minute. I love it. All right, we're taking a quick break. We're coming right back. Don't go away. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert, and I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. The book ships out in September, but purchase it today and you'll get instant access to the ebook at no extra charge. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. I'll be back book.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert Shep Hyken. We are back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Dr. Jeffrey McGee. We're talking a little bit about his new, actually two-year-old book, but it's a push on it, a resurgence. Your trajectory code, get it at Amazon.com and wherever books are sold. And 
We're talking about customer service and experience. I want to go back to the personalization for just a moment. I believe this is one of the keys to success is to making people feel as if you are delivering to them, for them, making them feel special and connected. Do you agree, disagree? Is there a technique you want to share? Absolutely. So if I go back to the book Beyond Wow, W-O-W stands for Wonderfully Obvious What Factors. You know, when you're the customer, wherever you are, and you have an experience where in your head, you hear that internal dialogue pop in and say, wow, that's amazing. Or wow, I didn't expect that. I always challenge people, make a mental note, send yourself a text, write it on the napkin, you know, put it, put a note somewhere. So later when you're back in your space, you can then challenge yourself, say, what's the equivalent of that? How do I wow people and personalize it? Because people that let me back it up this way. People will tend to do business with people where there's, there's something I call a friendship factor. When I feel comfortable and welcomed by you, your deliverable, your environment, your organization, I will tend to come back. If I have a great experience twice, we're building that friendship factor in relationship. And then I start to almost go out of my way subconsciously to do business with you. It takes a massive number of screw ups for me to leave you. But if I don't have that relationship, that friendship factor, that connection, then it's very easy to leave you. I mean, the banking industry learned this years ago that, that if I have a bank and Shep, all you have is a checking account with me, you're the worst client I can have. Even if you've got a bazillion bucks in that account, because if you get mad with us, very easy to shut that down or not make another deposit and you're gone. That's why, what are the multiple instruments of connectivity I can have with Shep at my bank? Again, a mm -hmm. bank, debit card, credit card, loan, safety deposit box, et cetera, et cetera. The more I have, then if there is a mess up, there's a lot more opportunity to save it, fix it, and win you back. So yep. beyond wows, what are those wonderfully obvious what factors? So I, I, I'm here in Las Vegas. I go to a dry cleaner and I, I go to it in the afternoon because it's you know right out the gate of where I live. And it's, an, it's a middle-aged uh, Hispanic couple. So I'm Scottish. So we get all our ethnicities out here. And I walk in there and, and they're very nice. They're very gracious. And she makes the comment, we're only open here in the afternoons. We have two stores. Our other store is located here. So she's telling me where it's open in the mornings. This one's in the afternoon. And is that going to be okay with you? So before she even takes my clothes, she's, she's creating a relationship and conversation. I said, absolutely. That's perfect. Thank you very much. It actually works out even better. Then she says, you know, let's, let's get your name and information. How do you like this? Do you want creases and stuff? So it's interesting. She's actually asking questions about what I want in my product versus just assuming this is how you're going to dry clean and press a shirt or a suit or et cetera. What's fascinating. The next time I came in, didn't even ask for name. Didn't have to give her my name. She instantly was going to find my clothes. I put my new clothes on the counter that, that I needed to have her redo and clean. She didn't ask any information. We'll do the same thing. We'll be ready in two days, et cetera. That's a relationship. But here's the kicker to it, Chef. About two months into this relationship, I came in one afternoon. She's there with her granddaughter, who's about five years of age, behind the counter. And we're having a good little fun conversation. And they're having a problem with their credit card machine. And she says, don't worry about it. Just pay me next time you come in. Think about it. I'm in a major city, USA. Who does that? I, I mean, I was raised on a farm. I can go back 45 years ago and think of that, but not today. So I said, absolutely not. So I'm fumbling for some money because they're having a problem with their credit card machine. And she says, no, you just pay us next time. So there's a relationship, a two-way street in yep. this relationship. It's not just one-sided, it's two-sided. So, I mean, that's several examples to this experience and relationship. Yeah. So there's really a difference between doing business with somebody and being a partner with somebody. I mean, it, it, Love it. it you know, what do you call uh, the relationship you have with, with the cleaners? It's, it's, 
I mean, it's hard to define it as a partnership, but it's more of a relationship than just a transaction. In the B2B world, whenever you can move beyond being a vendor and becoming a partner because you are in as a as the vendor, and it starts out that way, it's a vendor relationship. If I can prove to you that I'm more interested in your success than anything else, because if I can make you successful, we'll both be successful. Exactly right. Right. I'm, I'm looking at a partnership here, and that is a vendor relationship on steroids. I see you're writing that down. Absolutely. You're good. <laughs> I, by the way, I wrote down beyond wow, because I have this whole concept that I don't believe wow is always necessary. And, and I think what you called it and wonderfully obvious, what factors? Yep. Wonderfully yep. obvious. What's what are those? What factors that yep. cause you to say, you know what? I want to be like them. And therefore we benchmark against, or, you know, I can go one better in, in some sort of a specific KPI way. It's huge. You know, one of my clients that do leadership work is Carolina farm credit in Statesville, North Carolina. And literally 30 days ago from the time we're recording this, I, I flew down there to do my two-day leadership program. And I got a case of food poisoning from somebody within about you know three hours of me going to bed the night before. And I was the sickest I've been in my life. So somehow I dragged myself together, showed up at the Civic Center for this leadership program that I'm doing with them you know, one day a month for the next couple of years. And as I walked in there, in essence, you know, before they got there, I had the room set up just as you and I do in our industry. Uh, you know, I had, uh, you know, I had a little uh, emergency bucket at the front underneath the podium. So no one knew Ooh. what was going on. I'm mean, now ready. Hope I you didn't need that. The emergency exit bathroom. <laughs> they had blocked just for me. I mean, so I had it all going. But when the, when the senior executives came in and they saw me, they realized I wasn't on my A game. And so, the, you know, the CHRO asked, you know, if I was OK. And I explained what was going on. She said, no, we're not doing the day. I'll send everyone back home. You go back to the hotel here. We're going to fix you up a little care package right now from the, from the, from the reception table here. You go back and sleep. I will check in with you every hour to make sure you're okay. If you need anything, let us know. Not a problem. We'll see you next month. So when you talk about it, just moved from vendor to partner relationship at that moment where there's right. not a fear factor of getting fired. And they're, they're, they're your client, the same as you are the customer of that cleaners who said, don't, you know, I want to pay you now. And they're going, no, don't worry. Don't worry. Go leave. Just take mindset. It. When you have we, the servant mindset, yep. then, then everyone wins. And some people get a little too uppity and they forget that. Yep. So I love your definition of wow, because it's the what, and it's not so much over the top. It no, can be, be once in a while, but to me, like, how do you create amazing service? just be a little bit better than average all of the time. So people say they're always friendly, always get back to me fast, always knowledgeable, always helpful, if always followed by something good. And you take the, the playing field as a pro athlete. You have to be on your A game every time. You can never bring your B, C, D, or F game to the, to the field, or you're going to get benched, you're going to get sent to the minor leagues, you're going to get fired. So when we look at pro athletes, what's amazing is we expect them to always be at their A game, which is that more than. Well, we should all look in the mirror when we're service providers, business leaders, business owners. Why can't we always be in our A game? There's the question. Listen to all the excuses that start coming out that we've tolerated and allowed people for their laziness. It's like going to school, K-12. We have A, B, C, D, F. You should never have five options. It should be A, you're brilliant. C, you get it. F, you're stupid. Get B and D off the table. Those are cop-out <laughs> grades. You know, then you hold people accountable. That's amazing. All right. We're down to the final question. By the way, I have a concept that I call the Richard Burton concept. Richard Burton was famous as he walked on stage. And many people, who's Richard Burton? He, he was a famous actor, died a while ago, had all kinds of issues, but he was on stage, TV, movies, way back in the day. 
And on stage is what he was best known for. He'd walk on stage and he would say to the person who's pulling the curtain aside as he'd walk on, he goes, I'm going to be so good tonight that I cheat the audience that was here last night. Okay. <laughs> now It's something like that. Now, everybody can come to work with that attitude. That's the A game attitude. You know, right. athletes lose, but it isn't if the best athlete loses, it's not because they didn't come with their A game. It's just, they didn't win. And there's a difference. Strategy, tactical, execution, implementation. Those are the mechanics of success, but it starts with the right mindset, right attitude in, in that A, A for attitude, A for A game, A for accomplishment. I mean, what is it you're trying to accomplish here? All right, we're down to the one thing question. My final question. Again, if you're interested in learning more about Jeffrey McGee, you can go to his website, which is? JeffreyMcGee.com, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. McGee is M-A-G-E-E, JeffreyMcGee.com. Yep, it can't be easier than that. And the book is called Your Trajectory Code. The final question I ask it at every interview, and that is, is there one last nugget of information? And you know what? I bet you have thousands, but I only want one right now. The one you want to leave us with, make us think about, maybe even take action on, what would that be? Legacy, legacy. What is it that you do that everyone else, someone else is the recipient of? That's not your legacy. What they do with it, that is your legacy. You're a parent, you have a child. Your children are not your legacy. What your children go and do as how they affect other people, that's your legacy. So my closing thought, what is your legacy? If this is your last day on planet Earth, what do you want that videotape to show of you you did? So you're, you know, again, in your roles, in your jobs, as in the context, this conversation, customer service, and leadership, what's your legacy? Wow, love it. I mean, it's very motivational. I'm ready to go out. I'm ready to take on the world. I'm ready to leave a legacy. All right. Jeffrey McGee, thanks for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. You are amazing. Thank you, sir. All right, everybody. It wraps it up. Another episode. And next week, we'll have another interview. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.